On a Monday, it's Bigger Pockets Daily. This is where we take the best articles from biggerpockets.com and read them, so you can keep learning about real estate while you go about your busy life. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The 2% Rule. Fact, Fiction, or Feasible by Ali Boone. I get why newbie real estate investors might be enticed by the 2% Rule. In short, the rule states that if you can rent the property for 2% of the purchase price, it will cash flow. Is that true? Occasionally, but in today's hot market, that occasionally is more like very, very rarely. When 20 buyers, all eager to escape their apartments after a full year of COVID-19 quarantine, are all competing for the same property, trying to score properties that fit neatly into any real estate rules can be a serious challenge. But does that really matter? Smart investors should never rely on one rule to dictate their strategies. Some people buy on emotion and justify with logic and use the 2% rule as said justification. And some people see the 2% rule as a dictate and panic when they can't find properties that fit the mold. Frankly, some truths need to be revealed about this infamous rule, and I'm here to share them. I can only dream of the day that I get on the Bigger Pockets forums and don't see a single person ask any of the following questions. How come I can't find any properties in my market that meet the 2% rule? What if I found a property I like, but it doesn't meet the 2% rule? Where can I find properties that meet the 2% rule? Sound familiar? Been asking yourself these questions? Kick the 2% rule to the background of your decision-making process. Here's why. 
Note, in no way am I suggesting that it's your fault for thinking the 2% rule is important. You're not dumb. If I were just starting out, I'd put some stock in the 2% rule too. It's not your fault. It's misleading marketing. What is the 2% rule? The 2% rule says that the rental amount a property brings in should be at least 2% of the total purchase price. That's hard to achieve in normal times, but when rents are falling across the U.S. as Americans leave big cities and renters are struggling, even with the stimulus, it's nigh impossible. For example, let's say you're looking at a property that costs $100,000. In order to meet the 2% rule, you would need to collect $2,000 per month in rental income. What if you find a property for $80,000, but it only rents for $1,000? Investors dead set on the 2% rule would eliminate that property. $1,000 is only 1.25% of $80,000. What about the 1% rule? Something to note on that $80,000 example. While the property doesn't meet the 2% rule, it does meet the rule's little sister, the 1% rule. It works just like the 2% rule, but it only requires that the rental amount be 1% of the purchase price. Some investors argue that as long as you hit the 1% rule, you're still making a good rental property investment. None of these are hard, fast, or concrete rules, so you can do or use whatever you want with them. But first, let me caution you about how much you use them at all. 2% rule, reality checks. Yes, the 2% rule used to be really handy. I don't want anyone to think that this rule never served a purpose. It certainly did. But here's the truth now. In 2021, a lot of new investors are joining the real estate game. You might be one of them. And during your research, you might come across rules that have gained a lot of traction across the real estate community. Maybe you stumbled upon outdated articles or forum posts citing the 2% rule as gospel, or even the 1% rule. Ignore them. The market now bears no similarities to the market then, and even if we were operating under identical circumstances, I'd still tell you to ditch the 2% rule. Here's why. Inaccurate terminology. In no way is the 2% rule truly a rule. It is strictly a guideline. Maybe someone called it a rule because 2% guideline sounds pretty dorky. A rule is something you should strictly follow. But investors don't have to follow the 2% rule by any stretch. And quite honestly, following it could get you in trouble. The 2% rule simply helped you sift through properties faster. If you're scrolling through 100 properties in a shopping spree, you could quickly eliminate the bottom rung options. Even in the 2% heyday, you still needed to run more stats. Estimations versus actual numbers. Oh man, does this one get my blood boiling. Hear me when I say, and this goes for every single investor out there. Never, ever, ever use estimated numbers when you can use actual numbers. If you're buying a rental property, the only numbers that you need to estimate are vacancy and repairs. Otherwise, you can find just about every number you need. That's why the 2% rule is, for the most part, bunk. It's only an estimation. It doesn't tell you for sure what the numbers will be or even that they will be good. Let's say you find a condo unit that meets the 2% rule upon first glance. As you gather actual numbers, you realize the area has high property taxes, the condo fee is astronomical, and for some reason, insurance isn't cheap. 
Once you use those high numbers to calculate hard calculations, you'll realize the property offers minimal, zero, or negative cash flow. But it meant the 2% rule. That's why I say don't estimate. Good properties don't abide by rules of thumb. Many perfectly fine properties don't meet the 1% or 2% rules. You might be looking at the 0.5% rule or the 0.25% rule or even less. Really? It's about your budget and your goals for your portfolio. Every investment requires trade-offs between returns, cash flow, and risk. You could find a property that meets the 2% rule, but is such a high-risk investment due to location, property quality, tenant quality, or a declining market that the projected cash flow will never pan out. Maybe there's a quality property in an excellent location, but it would only make, say, a 0.8% rule, if one existed. Despite the lesser projected cash flow, it might be a better investment. There are a million other factors to consider. Does it cash flow? How's the location? What's the condition? Is the market growing or declining? Is the tenant pool high quality? Those are the questions that matter. Not any rule. Times change. Just because something was once a solid rule doesn't mean it is so now. That's currently the case with the 2% rule. A few years ago, the 2% rule was viable. Nowadays, that's not the case. I don't know of a single good market where you could expect to find properties meeting the 2% rule, especially in our current COVID-19 housing market. I know, I've crushed all of your souls. Maybe it will come back one day. Even if it does, though, don't expect it to apply in cities like Denver or Austin. What doesn't the 2% rule account for? With all that said, should you ever pay heed to the 2% rule? Not really. The 2% rule doesn't account for, coincidentally, two things. One, the condition of the property or location. Two, your net cash flow. Let's say you find a $35,000 deal in Florida with a monthly rent of $700. Meets the 2% rule, right? Right. Two problems. First, I can say with fairly high certainty that any property you find in Florida for $35,000 will be a total junker. Secondly, insurance and property taxes are so high in Florida that combined with the rest of your rental expenses, including repairs on your junker property, you'll land right at zero or less for cash flow. So much for that good investment. There's a lot more to a property than rules and guidelines. The closest I personally ever got to meeting the 2% rule was a nice rehabbed property in Atlanta I bought for $55,000. It rents for $975 per month. But this was back in the Atlanta heyday. You won't find a similar deal there now. And if you do find it, be leery. As the Atlanta market progressed, investors were forced to forget about the 2% rule and start thinking about the 1% rule. Now you're lucky to hit the 1% rule. But did barely meeting the 1% rule mean the properties were bad investments? No way! You have to consider quality, location, and tenants, none of which have anything to do with these rules. How to determine feasibility With today's hot market, investors are realizing they can't buy as many cheap properties with great returns as they could even just a year ago, or a year before that, and so on. Great news for the real estate market! 
all of our current investments and the economy as a whole, but it is forcing investors to settle for lower returns. At this point in the real estate market, sub $50,000 properties are, in my humble opinion, sketch. I personally won't buy anything in this price range. For one, the property will need work. Worse, you're looking at the lowest class of tenants, which can add significant vacancy, eviction, and repair expenses. An eviction followed by an empty house, followed by a nasty turnover repair cost, blows your 2% delight out the window, does it not? In terms of feasibility, here's my process. If it doesn't meet the 1% rule, by how much does it not meet it? And what's the market? Properties in cooler markets that don't meet the 1% rule might be bad buys. But if you're in Dallas or Denver and it doesn't meet it, well, that should be assumed. If it meets the 1% rule, it should be considered. Run all the numbers and know the expected cash flow. If it meets the 2% rule, be leery, but check it out. Again, market dependent. If your market isn't so hot, yay, 2% rule. Check it out seriously. If you're in Dallas, someone has officially found you a junker in a questionable neighborhood that not only needs work, but will attract a raunchy tenant. Use the 2% rule only as a guideline to get you looking at a property. Once you're diving into the numbers seriously, ignore the 1% or 2% rules entirely. In no way should they justify buying a property. I hope you got some value out of that article. Before I get out of here, did you know BiggerPockets has nationwide data that can help you identify the best market, neighborhood, and property to invest in? It's called BiggerPockets Insights, and it's a benefit available to pro members only. See if BiggerPockets Insights can help you at biggerpockets.com insights. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.